Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Yeah. I love my HBCU And boy, boy I love it, love it yeah. I love it, love it yeah. I love my HBCU And man yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. man. I hope my team they won one yeah. I hope my team they won one yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab To see if my team won a loss If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth But if they won, she tab uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Cavill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, but I have my old buddy here, Charles Bishop. So we're going to break down some HBCU news of the week, get you into some basketball flavor, release the poll rankings. Uh, mm. We're going to separate a major division today, and then we'll do the mid-major division as we debate, debut it on, on Thursday. So we're going to get you some mid-major love as well. But welcome to episode 355 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, from institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We simply like to call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live, KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer. That's multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home, Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is the company that provides sporting, educational consulting, and data analytics. With that being said, Professor Bishop, how are you doing today? Oh, well, Doc, the spring semester is upon us. We have uh, quite a few schools that came back this week, and so uh, we are hot and heavy into basketball. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited, man. We got four games down in the swag, some just three, as they might have played their robbery game early last week or this week. And we have two games essentially in the MEAC, and that's one of the games may have been canceled due to COVID. Uh, on the women's side, that is. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but some news before I let you jump in here and tell us who's hot in terms of those MEAC swag players of the week. Let me give you this out of here uh, with Vincent Brown. I'm sure you heard about now. Named new head coach of North Carolina A&T. North Carolina A&T Director of Athletics, Earl M. Hilton III, announced Friday 
that he has appointed Vincent Brown to lead that's Undertaker, lead the Aggies football program as its new head coach. Looks like he still plays as the Undertaker. Brown becomes the 22nd head coach in the program history, a native of Atlanta, Georgia. Became a 1988 second-round draft pick of the New England Patriots and a three-time All-Pro linebacker. Brown has spent the past four seasons as William and Mary Associate Head Coach, defensive coordinator, linebacker coach. In 2022, the Tribe went 11-2 overall, 7-1 in the Colonial. Uh, the Tribe uh, won a share of the regular season title, reached the NCAA Division I FCS playoff quarterfinal. Uh, quote, when going down the list of things we were looking for in the head coach at North Carolina A&T football enters the Colonial Athletic Association, Vincent Brown checked all the boxes. He will be an excellent fit for our university, our athletics department, and the young men he leads. Coach Brown has a significant familiarity and understanding of what it takes to win in the Colonial. He has an extensive and proud history with HBCUs and played and coached on the NFL level. So that gives you a little bit there about uh, coach, obviously, as they said, HBCU experience. He's mm. an alumni of Mississippi Valley State, where he Indeed. was. Uh, yeah, he was real deal, real deal with yeah. like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <He played>. um, <laughs> you got you got something to add there, Charles. Well, I, I tell you, uh, in the pantheon of great nicknames in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Vincent the Undertaker Brown, that might be one of the best ones out there because I tell you what, he was uh, tremendous to watch up close. I mean, when he, uh, I've talked with some guys, the older guys that used to play for Jackson State, when he hit you, you knew you were hit. So uh, this is, a, 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 I think, a good hire for A&T. We talk about, I think they, they talked about, he checks all the boxes, but the big thing for me is familiarity with the conference, with A&T moving over to the Colonial Athletic Conference. He knows what it's going to take to win that conference and how to recruit uh, what you need uh, in that conference. So it's going to be a pretty consequential hire for North Carolina A&T. A couple of things, uh, several of the fans that, you know, I talk to regularly in terms of those that are big Aggie uh, sport folks that are on the Twitter platforms, if you would, social media platforms, they were pretty happy about the hire, which is obviously a good thing in terms of estimation. And they also wanted to make sure that they got get kudos out there in terms of A&T. So this is one of the first times in a while where it seemed like a lot of the Aggie folks were on board in the same spot mm. in a lot of ways in terms of how things move forward, the way they marketed, how they brought everything to the table, released it on Friday. Uh, as it got out there, and then they had the actual uh, pomp and circumstances, if you would, uh, yesterday. Um, and so with that going on, I think it was a pretty good day all in all. So it'll be interesting to see how things go forward. There was a joke out there about one question that alumni uh, <laughs> asked that seemed to go quite a long time. We've been experienced with those kind of questions here and there. But it happens to the best of it. But other than that, everything seemed to go well. So uh, when the toe beats leather, everything will be good until uh, notice, uh, and then it gets interesting. One thing yeah. that was intriguing about that is somebody did ask an important question in terms about the budget. People are still concerned about the budget that A&T seeking to participate in the Colonial. People have, that have been involved in this understand that there are several programs in the Colonial that have extremely high budgets when you compare uh, what A&T is now, I think they um, were talking about 13 million when you have some that are, you know, 15, 18 million. So mm -hmm. uh, football particularly 
13 million for a football budget, maybe 3 million for a football budget. So uh, the president, uh, Hilton has talked about an AD, VP of athletics are talking about that they're going to increase that budget and they don't want to do it off, off the back of students. So, which is always fascinating to see. So I'm interested supposed to uh, push that forward, uh, maybe get some more information on that before the end of January. So that'll be something that you want to follow to keep your eyes on the seat. Is there another model that can be used out there about moving funds when we talk about the business side of it? So I want to get that on the table. What else you got out there? Yeah, let's take a look before we get into the players of the week. Uh, this comes to us from HBCU Game Day, Stephen Gaither. Celebration Bowl has topped the FCS National Championship game once again, and it wasn't even close as far as the uh, ratings. The Celebration Bowl 22 doubles the viewership of the FCS Double. title game. So uh, the matchup between South Dakota State and North Dakota State drew an average of 1.7 million viewers and a rating of 0.61 on January 8th. Those numbers are less than half of what the Celebration Bowl matchup between North Carolina Central and Jackson State drew just a few weeks earlier as that game pulled in a rating of 1.42 and drew an average viewership of 2.42 million viewers on ABC. So another year in which the Celebration Bowl has topped the FCS National Championship game. No, John Grant, executive director of that Celebration Bowl, I know he's excited to see that, and he's tried to tell us several times, steady is the race, understanding the power of television, broadcast, as well as attendance, but to make that shift is important. So good to hear that. I'm going to go off the beaten path, and I just know everybody has heard this, but I'm not sure if we can hear it enough. Fish University makes history as the first HBCU to compete in NCAA gymnastics from Yahoo.com. Fish University women's gymnastics program may be less than a year old, but it's already managed to make a stunning footprint. The team represents the first historically black college and university to compete in the sport at the NCAA level, having made its debut on January 6th at the inaugural Super 16 event in Las Vegas. The Nashville Bay School held its own against more established programs, including University of North Carolina, Southern Utah University, and the University of Washington, ultimately finishing fourth place with an overall uh, score of 186.7. Standout performer included leadoff gymnast Namia Muhammad, whose floor routines set the tone for the Bulldogs' head-turning debut. Five-star recruit Morgan Price. I was interviewed mm. about Morgan Price, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Who netted the meet's highest score in the vault, stunning 9.9, anchored by a near-perfect landing, hits humbling. Head coach uh, Coach Tarver said in the ESPN Pride of the event, something that's a long time coming and some – so I'm so proud to be able to bring the team to the floor that is historically black college university. It's the first time ever. So we're ready to go in quote. Remember we had the interview uh, with uh, a couple of folks that were pushing about getting gymnastics uh, when we had an exercise of Gremlin and the routine and to see that come into fruition. Yeah. Big time, big time. She was a five-star recruit. She's talking about going to Arkansas flipped when the uh, information was come 15 and they come with their own jazz. You see this on the softball a little bit where women really get vocal and excited. They came into the arena singing uh, some chants about fists. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's HBC. They brought their own flavor. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. They brought flavor to it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm saying it's official. I need me a shirt, whatever. I need to donate. That's pretty good stuff. With that being said, where else you want to go with your news? 
Yeah, let's take a look at the uh, SWAT Women's Basketball Weekly Honors that comes to us from Southwestern Athletic Conference as they tap Texas Southern's Micah Gray and Alcorn State's Destiny Brown for the SWAT Women's Basketball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performances this past week. Let's take a look at Micah Gray as she was the player of the week. She posted the best Texas Southern scoring performance in a decade, Dr. Bill, with a 41-point outing at Arkansas Pine Bluff this past Saturday. She followed that up with a 24-point uh, burst during the team's first win in Mississippi Valley. So for the week, she averaged 32.5 points per game, shot 51% overall from the field and 50% from the three-point line. Gray also averaged 3.5 rebounds and 2.5 steals while going 8 of 9 from the free throw line. The impact led the week was Destiny Brown. She averaged 23.5 points and 11 rebounds across two games for Alcorn State this past week. She shot 57% from the field against Alabama A&M and Alabama State, respectively. Brown poured in a game-high 28 points and 8 rebounds against Alabama State. She secured six block shots to go along with 14 rebounds and 19 points for her third double-double outing of the season versus Alabama A&M. So those were your SWAT Women's Basketball Players of the Week. Nice stuff, nice stuff. Shout out to Trey Oliver. He doesn't get in all his poll, but it is what it is. North Carolina earns its highest FCS national ranking in the final AFCA poll from HBCU game day. Obviously, uh, they have won the HBCU, or at least most of the HBCU black college polls out there, ranked number one, so won uh, the Black College Championships, won Dr. Gaville's championship, I know for a fact. Uh, the 2022 North Carolina Central football team continues to make history after defeating previously undefeated Jackson State in the Cricket Celebration Bowl to win the HBCU National Championship. North Carolina Central has earned its highest FCS top 25 national ranking as the Eagles finished the season at number 17. American Football Coaches Association coaches hope at the FCS level. Under the direction of Trey Oliver, the Eagles jumped four spots in the final AFCA FCS Coaches Top 25, announced on Monday after knocking off its second national-ranked non-conference opponent of the season, becoming just the third team in North Carolina Central Gridiron history to achieve 10 victories as the MEAC champions ended the campaign with a 10-2 and record. North Carolina Central also re-entered the stats perform FCS Top 25 poll on Monday at number 21. The Eagles earned a Top 25 ranking on September 19th after a road victory over nationally ranked New Hampshire that had not been ranked by stats performed until the final poll. North Carolina Central Eagles received their first national ranking as a Division I FCS program in November 2016 when the FCS coaches poll announced North Carolina Central at the number 25. By the end of 2016 regular season, the Eagles jumped to number 18 and finished at number 19 in the final FCS coach poll. North Carolina Central ranked number 22 in the final 2016 stats FCS poll. So that's pretty big, pretty bad, pretty good good stuff there when you talk about it. Where do you think JSU failed to win the national ranking at the final AFCA poll ranking? They were as high as number five mm. call. Where do you think they may have fall, fallen to, Charles? I'm guessing they're probably somewhere underneath North Carolina Central. So uh, probably 20? Oh, they were, they were above. Yeah, they didn't fall that fall. You know, that's the thing about the polls that are unique. Um, you, you don't always fall behind teams that you may uh, defeat. It depends on mm -hmm. where you start and where you are. 
Sure. Um, I was a little bit surprised that they failed maybe this far. I knew they would fall. They fell right outside of the top 10. They fell to number 11. Oh, wow. AFCA. So, uh, interesting little tidbit the history books will see. <laughs> They'll yeah. see the rankings number 11 and 17. But obviously, wow. uh, the one that counted was the celebration bowl. But I just thought it was interesting to kind of uh, put that out there uh, and give accolades to Jackson State in terms of being ranked. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, didn't close out the season quite like they won't, but they had a wonderful season in terms of going undefeated during the regular season, getting to the bowl game, uh, but falling just a little short there. When I say a little short, a little short in terms of can't go into overtime. Man, fantastic. Yeah. Especially when you see uh, with the national championship FCS game, how it came out and then the championship game, uh, fallouts yesterday that was over, it seems like, in the first quarter. It's good to see a game that came down yeah. meant a lot that actually played out on the field. One of the no reasons doubt. I wanted to bring that up. With that, let's take our first break, get back into it. We'll come back and we'll get into some new poll rankings. This time we'll do it on the hardwood. It's time to get into major division, mid-major division poll rankings, and we'll get that for the women and the men. We'll come back and give you the top five of each. Uh, as we play into conference play, and we'll get into a little dialogue about what took place the last weekend, if you would, both in the MEAC and SWAC, get into some Tennessee State and see what they're doing in OVC, even taking it into the Colonial for Hampton and North Carolina a t on men's and women's side. We'll be right back after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, KeversVoice.com. Always on, all the time. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection 
of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Vook with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. Let's get into these poll rankings. Shivery's not dead. We're gonna go with the women's basketball uh, poll rankings for week number one. Uh, this is the major division. Team that dropped out this past week is Tennessee State. As they take go 0 and 2, tough weekend for them as they're going 6 and 9, 1 and 3, falling out of the pole this weekend. Uh, with that being said, receiving votes was Premier and Panthers 6 and 9, 3 and 1, uh, as they proved 2 and 0. So they sneaking in, trying to get into the poll rankings as you see what they did this past weekend. Let's get into number five. Number five, you have the Howard Bison, 6 and 9, 2 and 0, coming out of the MEAC. They were not ranked last week. Uh, Jumping the pole, they start out, MEAC play with the win over Saturday, and then Monday getting it done in a lot of ways, uh, moving around, uh, moving forward as they jump in to number five with 69 points. Let's get into number four. At number four, you have none other than Morgan State Bears coming in at eight and six, one and oh. That's one of the games I told you they couldn't play the a game due to a uh, COVID challenge, so they only were able to play one. Uh, but they continue to play some good basketball, winning record as they're eight and six, one and zero. Oh. Uh, they do fall two spots, uh, eight and eighty points uh, on the season. Uh, as some other teams that are pushing forward, getting a couple of wins, kind of push through them and jump over them as they're the number four. Let's get into number three: Jackson State Tigers, six and seven, three and zero. Oh. Uh, man, they're pounding teams. You know, they started off and I was like, man. They only beat all going state, the Braves. That is a rival, but only beat by 10. So I was like, hmm, it'd be interesting this week. Alabama State, you know, rivalry game, played them in the championship game. And they say, oh, don't worry about that. Company. Alabama and them, they on the rise, playing some good basketball. No, not even close. I was like, wow, they just beating up all teams. They were so influential. So they jumped up a spot previous to rank number four, bringing us to number two, North Carolina A&T State Aggies. They're not worried about the cloning. They coming in, showing up, showing out. They like, yeah, we just play good basketball. 10 and 5, 4 and 0. They get two first place votes, 102 points. They move up a spot for number three as they continue to get it done in a lot of ways. Bringing us number one, Norfolk State is the team. Mm-hmm. Norfolk State Sparks, 14 and 3. Yeah, 14 wins on the season. This early in the season, they're already at 14. Uh, it's going to be amazing if they can get to that 20 win mark. Unless they just fall apart, you got to believe they're going to get through. They're 2-0 and in the conference. Can they be stopped in the MEAC? We'll see in a couple of weeks uh, as they play and when they play Morgan State to see what that may matchup may look like. Howard says they want to have something to say about it. But they have six first-place votes, 115 points. Being at number one, that is the women's poll, top five programs. You see who's dropped out, who's getting some points, and you see who's number one, Norfolk State, Spartan, uh, earn the number one ranking this week for the women. What are your thoughts in terms of week one poll rankings? Norfolk State, they're a complete team. Uh, when you take a look uh, early within the uh, stats uh, in terms of their scoring output, they have three uh, 
top 15 scores uh, there for Norfolk State when you take a look at uh, uh, Deja France is coming in at number seven thus far in the MIAC. Uh, she's averaging 12 points a game. You also have Camille Downs. She's averaging 11 points. And then Kiara Wheeler. So they have a very balanced basketball team when you take a look at their scoring. One name uh, that jumps out for me is Howard. They have a young lady by the name of Destiny Howe. And <laughs> I, I'm aware of Howard women's basketball. I got a cousin up there. He talks about them all the time. Uh, they have a score in Destiny Howe. She can light it up from three-point land. So keep an eye out for this Howard team. Two uh, nice wins over the weekend, uh, I believe, over Delaware State. And I think the other one was over Maryland Eastern Shore, if I'm not mistaken. So a uh, good weekend for Howard. When you take a look at Jackson State, Dr. Bill, I think you touched on it. Uh, I thought they would get challenged this weekend uh, with Alabama uh, State, definitely with Alabama State and Alabama A&M. But not only did they meet that challenge, they surpassed it, and they annihilated uh, both of Alabama State and Alabama A&M this past weekend. Tremendously impressive. When you take a look at the way Jackson State goes about doing it, they do it on, on the defensive side of the ball. They really rebound you, rebound you, rebound you. And I tell you what, they, they just don't let you shoot a, a good field goal percentage. They are tremendous in terms of closing out on three-point shooters and then just not letting you get second-chance second, second chance opportunities. So this is a very well-rounded team. Uh, I think their leading scorer, Tion Bowler, is only averaging 11 points a game. So they're a very well-rounded team when you take a look at them. So they're going to be a tough, tough team going forward. Yeah, unless something really goes wrong this year uh, in the tournament or something like that, this won't happen. But I need me a Norfolk State Jack State match. I just need to see that match. Yeah, that would be fun. Be interesting uh, to see what that looks like. I could go for a Norfolk State in North Carolina and T matchup for the women. Obviously, we saw it on the men's side, um, and Norfolk State took care of business. But I'd also like to see that on the women's side. You know, I need a little more of this. Uh, during the non-conference play, I need some more intra-conference matchups, some of these matchups between HBCUs uh, that are outside of the MEAC and SWAC matching up, you know, versus Tennessee State, if you would, Hampton and North Carolina A&T, both on the men's and women's side. We've been fortunate over the last couple of years with Chris Paul tournament. Uh, a couple of other ones seem to be coming on. We, we're seeing some of this. Michael B. Jordan up there. We're seeing some matchups where we're getting some of these non-conference, but I need some even more intentional matchups between, you know, like a Texas Southern Norfolk State, Prairie View and a Morgan State, if you would. I, I need to see that. I need Jackson State, Tennessee State. I want to see an Alabama A&M, South Carolina State. I want to see an Alabama State, uh, North Carolina State, Central. I want to see some of those matchups so I get just excited about what that looks like. But with that being said, Let's get into the men's side. We had two teams that dropped out. So a little more change, a little more volatility uh, on the men's side in terms of the rankings. Let me show you where it at. The volatility actually was in the MIAC. Dropping out of Howard Bison. Eight and ten. They, one and one in the first weekend. You were thinking they would get it done. Howard Bison got uh, kind of snapped, if you would, on Monday by Maryland Eastern Shore. That surprised a lot. Of Didn't see that coming. Maryland yeah. Eastern Shore is solid now. They're playing some solid basketball, but I thought Howard would get it done. Uh, they did get their win on Saturday, so they come out of here eight and ten, fall out of the top five. Also, North Carolina Central Eagle fall out. They're eight and eight. They rebounded on Monday with their win and go one and one, but they lose to Morgan State, which may give you a hint of who may be in the top five in terms of that matchup. With that being said, receiving votes are those two teams that fell out. 
So they're still in the mix. North Carolina Central Eagles at eight and eight. One and one have 55 points. Howard Bison also just outside of the top five. They're eight and 10 on the season. One and one, 53. Be interesting to see some of these key matchups as they come forward. Uh, let's get into top five and see what you think about these top five teams, bringing us to number five in this full matchup of the Southern Jaguars. Sitting at eight and nine, four and oh boy, have they got off to a hot start. And if there's such a thing, they did it the hard way, or at least what we perceive to be the hard way in terms of what we've seen over the last couple of years, they went into Texas. They did the Texas two-step, and they did the stepping. They got it done. And high steps. <laughs> yeah, it took a overtime and a buzzer beater to get it down against Texas Southern. They took it to the end of the game, but they still got it done against Prairie View. Well, they come back home, and they get two more. This past weekend, solid wins. Bam, you kept it close. They just rolled over through Pickman, but they got the win. They come in at 8-9, 4-0, and they are rolling at the top of the squat. Just two weeks in, but they're top. They did this last year and kind of fell apart. I think this is a different team. Let them see last unless some injuries hit them, and we hope that's not the case. And we do see some teams that are dealing with injuries already early on the season, but that is life in the squat. Bringing us to number four. Morgan State Bears, they're back yes, sir. in the basketball business. We hadn't seen that in maybe a decade, but they're sitting at 8-8, eight 2-0. Eight, We've seen them sneak in to play for a championship. We knew they were there. They couldn't get it done then, but they're back, and they are ready to make a statement. We shall see if they'll be able to get it done uh, as they have some tough opponents coming in in a week. But they made a statement when they defeated North Carolina Central that Saturday. A lot of people are looking for that matchup. Central fans, as Coach Mouton usually get, getting on the road, they thought they'd get it done. No, it was not. Be. It was a close matchup, went to overtime, but the Morgan State Bears prevailed, and they are off and rolling with 75 points as they're at number four. Bringing us to number three, Tennessee State Tigers, 10-7, 2-2 two two just in OBC, but they played a solid non-conference schedule, defeated a couple of HBCUs that are playing some solid basketball, two first-place votes, 96 points. If they could just get a little more this up and down as they play in the conference, you can see them rolling. They really are a talented team. Can they put it together? Can Coach Penny pull the right buttons and make a run? They're in the race for the OVC. They're not out of it, just a game back. Uh, but we shall see as they already lost one of their games to the team that is sitting at the first uh, place in the conference. But they did drop a spot because of that up and down. So guess who's at number two? Grambling State Tigers, 10 and 6, mm. 3 and 1. While they're not undefeated, they did it in non-conference, but they also went to Texas and played really well. They got beat basically by a buzzer beater at the end of the game, couldn't get a shot to go when they tried to give their last shot against Prairie View with the formal folk. But then they came back and really were solid against Texas Southern. Texas Southern is strong. Yes, Texas Southern is 0-4 as they lost the ballot this weekend. Texas Southern has some guard play, some injuries they're dealing with. But still, anytime you beat uh, the tournament champion last year, a team that's been well-respected in the league, you get major credit overall. So they move up a spot, rambling, with two first-place votes, bringing us to number one. It shouldn't surprise anybody. This team is playing good basketball. They take all takers. Um, and they get it done, non-conference schedule, conference schedule, HBCU programs, MEAC, SWAC. They played a little bit of everybody. 
They played several teams in the Colonial, took them down, including North Carolina A&T and Hampton. <laughs> they took down Alabama A&M in the Classic. <laughs> so they just do it all, as uh, well as some other FCS, mid-major, low-major programs at the Division One level. They're 12-5, and 2-0, seven first-place votes, 116 points. Give it up for your Norfolk State Spartans. They are king of the roost right now, and they are rolling. Can anybody take down Norfolk State as they are really solid? What are your thoughts on that, Charles? Solid program year in, year out when you talk about Norfolk State and Joe Bryan. He comes back in again this year doing his Joe Bryan thing. Uh, he's averaging uh, 16.9 points thus far on the season. Uh, just a very solid uh, basketball team that gets done both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. They're both uh, on, on both ends of the of the court, Dr. Ville, uh, they're high up in the NBA rankings. The intriguing team to me is Morgan State. Uh, we've seen we've seen them jump out early, and they got a pair of scores uh, that everybody should keep an eye out on when you talk about Malik Miller and Isaiah Burke. Both of them are averaging 18 points a game. Morgan State is one of the top scoring teams in the MEAC, averaging almost 80 points a game. So that's a, a team to keep an eye out for. Yeah, wait till you get that Morgan State Norfolk State matchup. That oh, should be boy. fun. That should be a fun. That <laughs> should be a fun. That going there. Tell, tell me the teams right now who can knock off Norfolk State, Morgan State, and North Carolina Central. I, I, I mean, I love it. The, those three are just it. that's tough. And we, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk a little bit about these games this weekend. Great tease. We're going to take this break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll talk about some of these matchups that took place. We'll go through the women at first, and then we'll come back and do a little bit more on the men where you just specifically were talking about who's going to be able to take down these teams, who's going to be able to stand on the king of that mountain and push everybody off, or is anybody going to be able to push the king off the mountain? It looks like people are already starting to push Texas Southern in terms of the SWAT mountain, but not mm. much change in them yet. We'll be right back after this break. We'll come Shortly. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. novice to aficionado find yourself here high quality cigars plus personal customer service slow burn is waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www. 
www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love laugh And who the ball So listen to Professor Yes sir yes, And pay attention boy. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. I want to talk a little bit about Tennessee State out of the OVC. The Lady, Lady Tigers uh, playing a little bit up and down, sitting at the bottom. You know, they had a strong season last year. We're looking to rebound a little bit. Got a year older, it seems, brought in some new recruits, but they're struggling a little bit earlier. Still all right overall season, six and nine, but they are at one and three in the conference play. They started out uh, Saturday where they lost to uh, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, the Cougars there, uh, 76 to 69. Uh, in that matchup, when you talk about it, the guard, Haynes, Overton, still getting it done. She had 30 points, so she did everything in her power to make sure you got it done. 11 of 16, pretty efficient, six or seven on the field goal, uh, as that was a tough matchup. But they come back and bounce back on Saturday when they play uh, Lindenwood. That's the Division II team that's moving up. They got it done. They were losing much of that game, but they made a late run uh, and really was solid in terms of that matchup and closed out strong. Uh, Adams was the one that got it done in this game with 27 points, was 10 of 21 uh, in field goals, four and six from the free throw line, but the women uh, get it done 79 to 74 in terms of that matchup. Uh, so that was pretty solid there. Let's go over to the Colonial, give you a little inside in terms of what's going over there. Uh, Hampton has started out pretty strong, but they've been struggling quite of late a little bit. But A&T on the women's side are really getting it done in a lot of ways in terms of those matchups. Remember, they play Friday, Sunday type of matchups uh, just for you all that are keeping up with a little bit. Uh, Hampton gets it done against Charleston, 56 to 50 in terms of what they do there. A little bit into that matchup when you talk about Wolford with 21.7 to 14, 2 and 2 uh, from the free throw line to help uh, the lady Getting it done against Charleston. The Cougars there 56 to 50 in that type of matchup. Also on Saturday, you had AT that's rolling. They won their third game in the uh, Colonial as they beat up on Mama 68 to 52 in terms of getting it done in that matchup. You had AT Harris with 18 points, nine of 15 uh, in terms of what she's doing in that. Uh, AT shot 44%. Uh, from the three, they shooting over 40%, just un, uh, over 41.2% to be exact in terms of what they're looking at. And they're not turning over the ball in terms of what they're doing. They won 68 to 52. Turn around and see what happens on Sunday. Uh, this is where Hampton gets beat up, if you would, by Townsend. They take it to uh, the woodshed, really, 86 to 47 in terms of what took place there. A&T uh, continues to win as they defeat Hoster, 63 to 44 in terms of those matchups, so looking really good in terms of what happens there. I want to take you in terms of what is going on in terms of the MEAC, though. Let's get in a little bit of this picture of the MEAC. I told mm. you the MEAC had some tough luck uh, in terms of teams couldn't uh, get it done in terms of South Carolina State. Those matchups were uh, canceled because of uh, COVID, is my understanding, uh, what took place uh, there where South Carolina State and Coppin had to postpone uh, the game in that matchup, but you had the Howard that just closed out a victory over Delaware State 51 to 49. Norfolk continues to run. They get double digit victory over Maryland Eastern Shore 43 to 34. Morgan State defeats North Carolina Central 81 to 72. That was Saturday matchups. Then you jump to Monday 
You still had another cancellation with South Carolina State and Morgan State. Uh, Cotton State does get a win. They get it done against North Carolina Central, 72-67. This is on the women's side, remember. Norfolk State beats up on Delaware State, 40-26. Low scoring. Low uh, scoring. So yeah, in that yeah. matchup. And then Howard gets it done, 56-47 over Maryland Eastern Shore. What are your thoughts in terms of these ne- NEAC matches? Yeah, Howard jumping out uh, up to a 2-0 conference record. Uh, that caught my eye. But the big thing that really catches my eye week in, week out uh, with MEAC women's basketball is Norfolk State. Uh, when you take a look at this team, this is a team, they've already had like an eight-game winning streak in out-of-conference play. And then they come right back into uh, conference play uh, right where they left off. You know, 2-0 and thus far in conference play. They're in the midst of another five-game win streak. So this is a very dominant team when you look at them uh, from top to bottom. But uh, Norfolk State and Howard, they jumping out to this uh, early uh, 2-0 and play in conference. Uh, it's worthy of keeping an eye on, especially uh, this Norfolk State team. 14-3 and overall, 2-0 and thus far. So they are a very, very tough team to look at. And they're solid defensively. And they, they can ground you out. They can put up some points and score you big. Uh, but they don't turn the ball over very much. They had less than uh, 15 turnovers uh, in the matchup against Delaware State, against Maryland. It's short, a little closer game. They still had under 20 turnovers, had 19 in that game. So they've been really solid. Downs as the guard is getting it done. Uh, as she put up 22 points against Maryland, and short, uh, didn't have the same type of scoring matchup, but controlled the tempo of that game game against uh maryland eastern i mean against delaware state she had eight points but really controlled the temple didn't shoot very well from the field but just solid at what she can also do as defense and the captain of the team so really solid work when you talk about the women let's get into the squack uh, obviously we talked a little bit about jackson state they just continue to teach everybody a lesson it seems like about what they want to do in basketball um, somebody's going to have to step up, or maybe not. Maybe everybody's not quite ready to do that, and they're just going to have to hope maybe Jack State. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know how else you can catch up with them. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, they get it done. 90-48 uh, to 48 was the score against Alabama State. But then Cookman beats up on Gramlin after Gramlin gets a hot start on the road. I told you Gramlin is young, and it looked like uh, uh, they weren't quite understanding the need that you got to come and ready to play every night. Uh, they get beat uh, 63 to 46 by Bethune Cookman coming on the road. Prairie View starts to get uh, some wins as they put them together. They get a big win and really beat up on Valley, 92 to 67. Southern continues to roll on the winning side as they uh, get a win over FAMU, 55 to 49. Uh, and then Alabama AM gets it done over Alcorn State, 63 to 56. And Alcorn. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, I should say, 89 to 71 over Texas Southern in terms of that matchup on Saturday. You come back Monday, you flip the teams. Who gets it done? Grambling bashes back after they lost at home with Southern, which allows them to go three and one, as we talked about earlier, which is important. 71 to 68. They do go to overtime as FAMU has played better uh, uh, a little bit on the women's side in terms, but can't quite get that victory as they continue to struggle there. Prairie View wins as they put two consecutive wins together. Prairie View defeats Pine Bluff uh, on the road. I can say three wins straight, 62 to 60 over Pine Bluff. Bethune Cookman, if you would, um, loses to Southern, 65 to 63. Jackson State continues to roll if they beat up on Alabama A&M, 63 to 35. Uh, man, 
Alabama State gets it done against Auburn State, 93-91. High scoring, but close matchup there. Texas Southern gets a big win over Valley, 77-61, as they uh, get a victory early in the conference play. What were some of the matchups that uh, shined on you uh, when you look at these games that were played Saturday and Monday uh, between the women and the sweat? Yeah, I definitely touched on it earlier. Uh, Jackson State's dominance over the Alabama teams. Uh, and I think I mentioned to you last week, I thought Alabama State was that team that could give Jackson State some issues because they have three returning scores. And this is a team, this is a championship-level team. They faced off against Jackson State in the, in the SWAC championship game, uh, SWAC tournament championship game last season. And they brought back three scores that I thought were primed and ready uh, to take on this Jackson State team. But it shows you the dominance of, of Tamika Reed's team. Uh, they are the number one team thus far already uh, defensively in the SWAC, and they're number two uh, in the conference with regards to scoring. So they are just a very solid team. And then they follow that up, uh, knocking off Alabama A&M on Monday, which, again, is another solid team. So I think the very interesting thing you take a look at is Jackson State here at 4-0, and then you have a bunch of teams sitting right there at 3-1. and Who are these who are these teams that can step up to the challenge of Jackson State? You got Alabama State at three and one, Southern at three and one, Prairie View at three and one, and Alabama AM and Grambling all at three and one. <laughs> who are these teams with the parity, a lot of parity right under Jackson State, but who can step up and attempt to knock off the Lady Tigers? And even between Cookman with just one loss, they're two and one. Yeah, two and one. Game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I still think the race is for second. Who's going to be able to finish second? Um, just the way the Jackson and then can anybody like um, even upset Jackson State just to be frank in the real season to give us some confidence when they get in the tournament to see if they can maybe stop them so it's going to be fascinating to see I can see them rolling through the season obviously road games get tough you get sluggish uh, you start to feel yourself a little bit those things can happen Texas two step this weekend for Jackson State and just the youth of some of these teams you know Grambling is playing pretty well, but they're still young. Yeah, uh, Texas Southern shows you some spurts that they're good, but they're young. Uh, obviously, Southern in a lot of ways, they're young. Prairie View is probably one of the more mature teams, but um, as you talked about earlier, can they shoot from the three? Um, and that goes with the space, uh, particularly when somebody's in your face playing a little tougher defense, they're not going to necessarily give you the three. What are you able to do in terms of your second option? Not a lot of folks with post plays at least get some easier back. Basket, so it's going to be fascinating to see what goes down. Let's take our last break. We'll come back and see what happens on the men's side. Did you want to jump in there and say add anything to it? Yeah, interesting addendum to the Jackson State team. They're number one in the SWAC and three-point uh, field goal percentage. I think that's a new element. And you're talking about a player like Liz Martino that has brought uh, another scoring element to this Jackson State basketball team. So uh, they are just a tough out uh, from top to bottom. With that, we'll be right back after this break. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter.
Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they wanna laugh, and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yes, sir, and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. It's Dr. Lil with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into these major divisions for the men. Again, we'll release our mid major polls on Thursday, so we're gonna make sure we get into some of this division. Into NIA program, so they deserve some love. We're going to give you those rankings as well. We'll get into some key matchups, uh, of what's going on there, and then we'll talk about, in terms of the major division, we'll talk about some of those matchups to watch for this weekend. With that being said, <clears throat> let's get in this OVC, Tennessee State, in terms uh, as uh, they continue to push forward and looks what's going on here in those matchups. Uh, they had some tough ones. They didn't play uh, Thursday of last week, but they um, get back into the action in terms of some uh, January 12th action as they continue to roll. <clears throat> in terms of what they did their last matchup, we talked about losing that game to Southern Illinois University of Evansville, 81-72 over uh, a week ago. And then Saturday before last, um, they took it down when you talk about what it looks like. Uh, getting it done against Lindenwood, 60 to 57, much like the women's did. So that up and down that you continue to talk about Tennessee State is one of the things that continues to be a little bit struggling there. But when they're going, you have play from uh, like the guard, uh, Clay, who scored 22 points in that matchup, 6 of 18, 9 of 10 from the free throw. I love the way he mixes up, gets to the free throw line. Anytime you get 10 free throw shots, um, you're really pushing the tempo and, and, and pushing – uh, what you're able to do and not just settling for those outside shots. And they tend to play level in that matchup against Lindenwood. What I really liked about the game is though, is they were getting beat up for much of that game. They continue to push through, came back late in that game, got some key stops, uh, big baskets and got a victory uh, to get it done for Tennessee state in terms of that matchup. So that was something that was nice. Let's check it out and go over to um, the colonial, uh, Teams are not doing quite as well over there when you talk about North Carolina A&T as well as Hampton in terms of those matchups, uh, struggling a little bit in terms of what that looks like in, in terms of those last matchups. Uh, Hampton losing to Hofstra 67-51 uh, and what goes on there. And then obviously on Saturday lost to Northeastern 79-63, so struggling in a lot of ways. Uh, UNC Wimbledon. Beats up on a and 66-61. Close game, but couldn't quite get over the hump there. Um, and so those are the kind of things that you see 
uh, with the team struggling uh, with their matchups. Uh, A&T is at one and three in terms of the conference play, and Hampton has yet to get their first win in the Colonial uh, this year. So tough sledding going on over there a little bit, but let's get into the MEAC in terms of what's going on. This is the first weekend for some MEAC conference games. I was excited to see what would take place in the MEAC. I told you one of the matchups that I really uh, was interested in seeing was that North Carolina Central and then Morgan State, and it mm. delivered in many ways in terms of a classic matchup that started to kick things off. It went into overtime, Charles, but mm -hmm. Morgan State gets it done at home, 78-73 to 73, uh, for a five-point victory in OT in that matchup. Monroe for North Carolina Central to forward there had 19 points, but Burke, the guard, that you said, check out, 28 points, giving them yeah. buckets, 9-14, 4-7, free throws. Look at the field goal percentage for these. North Carolina Central shot 47.4%. Morgan State shot right with them at 44.1%. Uh, Central from the three was just 35%. Morgan shot 40%. Pretty much the difference in the game. They were even with turnovers at 16 apiece. Rebounds, uh, Morgan State got them on the boards a little bit there, 39-30. to 30. I think was a part of that matchup difference there. Auburn State defeats South Carolina State 85 to 73. Norfolk State continues to roll as they win over Maryland Eastern Shore 57 to 46 in terms of those matchups. Bryant Jr., you know the guard, 15 points, 6 and 16, just steady, two or three free throws, and he knows just when to take it to the basket. Uh, field goals, they shoot almost 50%, 48.9% uh, from the field. 35% from the three. They hold Maryland Eastern short, just 21% from the three, and under 30% from the field, which always bodes well. Norfolk State a little too much careless on the turnovers with 21, uh, but they beat them up on the board, so it didn't hurt them. 37 to 27 in terms of what they do on the board there. Uh, Howard gets it done against Delaware State, 84 to 64. We talk about those Monday matchups as North Carolina Central bounces back, beats up on Coppin State. That's a big role victory because Coppin State has played solid basketball but just cannot get it done uh, over North Carolina Central. They fall 64-59 to in that matchup. Maryland Eastern Shore probably with the surprise early part of the season, beating Howard 82-73. Norfolk State yeah. wins against Delaware State. That shouldn't surprise anybody in terms of beating them. Uh, Delaware State 78-65. Again, Bryant puts up 20 points. 414, but he goes to the free throw line nine times and hits all nine of them in that matchup. Again, they shoot 40% from, from the field, 44 from the three big baskets. They cut down on the turnovers. They only had nine turnovers in this game. They were even on the boards to kind of give you some updates there. Morgan State 90 to 85 over South Carolina State. So they continue to roll. Miller was the guard that got it done in this. He puts up 32 uh, yeah. in terms of the book. 10 to 15, 12 to 14 in that matchup. What are your thoughts in terms of what went down in the MEAC? Anything stood out to you a couple of games, a couple of players? Well, uh, again, Morgan State, and, and again, I mentioned these players, Malik Miller and Isaiah Burke. Uh, you know, when I was checking out the stat lines from Monday night, uh, check out this stat line from Malik Miller against South Carolina State, 32 points. Uh, he was 12 of 14 from the free throw line. He also had 12 boards. Uh, four assists and four blocks and three steals. Talk about putting in a nice work, Dr. Bill. So uh, 32 points. Then Isaiah Burke, Butcher said with 30 points. This Morgan State team, they could be a scary team going down the stretch. Yes, they surely can. And we talk about how scary they may be. Let's slide over to the SWAT. Uh, tell you some matchups. Things are starting to come in. 
Uh, you got these 18 games, if you would, 16 games, I should say, in terms of matchups, 99, no, actually 18 games. Uh, will they go to 20 uh, in the offseason? I'm interested to see because, you know, they play that uneven schedule. I want to see if they want to add that inventory with this new deal. It would be interesting to see what that looks like. Uh, but then you had those travel concerns. Which way will the presidents go? But with that being said, in terms of these matchups here, Prairie View gets it done on Saturday. It was a close one, pretty solid, uh, but they win 67 to 60. That's Prairie View over Valley. Uh, Grounded gets it done against Bethune, 76 to 70. Close matchups here. Southern pounds on FAMU, probably the biggest uh, scoring margin here, 84 to 66 for the night. Jackson State just learned, just gets it done. They just win and beats Coach Moe's old team, 61 to 58. Close matchup, but Tigers are winning. All going to stay Braves, bounce back from that tough loss uh, early that Saturday before against Jackson State. They beat Alabama AM 89 to 76. This is after Alabama AM and Alabama State come in after two home victories uh, to take their first loss in conference play. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, defeats Texas Southern, 70-66. Texas Southern is 0-3 at this point, but waiting until Monday. It really gets mm. interesting as Texas Southern goes to the ballot. Both teams come in at 0-3 looking for the first victory. It goes down to the wire. Valley gets it done late and pushes Texas Southern to 0-4. 71-67 in that max matchup. Jackson State says they like winning. They continue to get it done. They go to 3-0 as they defeat Alabama A&M, 72-64. to Alcorn State's now rolling after their first loss. They beat up on Alabama State, 92-76. to And, you know, when you get rolling down there, uh, Alcorn, man, it can get tough for them. Southern beats up on Bethune-Cookman. I thought this game may be a little closer than that. No, it wasn't. 102-75. Grambling squeezes out one against FAMU, 62-57. Upset as Pine Bluff. And gets it done against Prairie View, maybe, maybe not upset. 63 to 55, uh, as you have some of that parity. What's going on here? Standings going on. Southern at the top, sitting at uh, 4 and 0. As they continue to move forward, Jackson State sitting at 3 and 0. Prairie View at 2 and 2. Ramblings, Tigers right in the mix, 2 and 2 as well with some of these matchups. What are your thoughts in terms of the SWAC, in terms of what's going on there? What were some of the big games, scores, players? that uh, caught your imagination this past weekend? Well, I think the, uh, thus far, the, the, the early storyline of the season has been Southern jumping out uh, 4-0. They do the Texas two-step win, two over here in Texas, and they come back and defend the home court, knocking off uh, Bethune-Cookman in Florida A&M. So uh, Southern jumping out 4-0. Jackson State with this 3-0 start, that is a complete surprise uh, to me. I, I did not see this uh, coming, uh, but kudos to them. They got them a huge uh, early road win against Alcorn, and we saw what they did last year for, for Alcorn in terms of how it got that momentum up and going, and they kind of, like you said, they enjoy winning. So they come back and uh, defend home court this past <laughs> weekend against Alabama State and Alabama A&M, so kudos to Mo Williams uh, getting Jackson State out to a great start. So those are the two early storylines for me, Southern uh, and Jackson State 4-0 and 3-0 respectively. And and thusly, you have Texas Southern and on forward. That is a complete surprise. Of course, they've been dealing with some injuries early uh, this season. But uh, just Texas Southern being at 0-4, that Valley knocking them off this past Monday. And then, you know, weird things happen on Monday. Arkansas Pine Bluff knocks off Prairie. Uh, that was one that kind of caught my eye as well. 
And keep in mind, Arkansas Pine Bluff, they have the number one scorer in the in the conference in Sean Doss. Yeah, Doss is nice getting it done. Well, it doesn't get any easier for Texas Southern, nor Prairie for that matter, as you got those hot teams coming out of Mississippi taking the yeah. trip to Texas for the two-step. You got Alcorn State of Texas Southern on Saturday, Jackson at Prairie View, then they flip for that Monday. Uh, but then you also have Pine Bluff that's playing some good basketball. They're on the road. They go to FAMU. Can FAMU get their first victory or do the Golden Lions continue to stalk and say, no, we're we're for real here. And then you have Mississippi Valley, Bethune-Cookman. They're feeling good with their first win. Bethune-Cookman plays really well at home. They want to bounce back after a tough road trip. I think that's interesting to keep your eyes on that one. And then you got the rivalry game with Grambling and Southern. Uh, both teams playing well. Grambling has played well in Baton Rouge of late in terms of being able to kind of start some of those skids for Southern. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Uh, then on Monday, obviously, it flips uh, with Jackson at Texas Southern, Alcorn at Prairie View, Arkansas Pine Bluff with Cookman, Valley at FAMU. And then that's the MLK weekend. So instead of Alabama State and AM playing on Saturday, they choose to play their game on Monday. So that's another rivalry game to keep your eyes on. What are your thoughts in terms of any of the big matchups out of the SWAT this weekend? Yeah, like you mentioned, you got those hot teams coming into Texas this weekend. Uh, should be really exciting. Always, those games are really close, especially when you're talking about going down to Prairie View with Jackson State and then the turnaround uh, Monday, Jackson State, Texas Southern should be a good one. And then you mentioned it, uh, Bethune-Cookman playing at home this weekend. I think that should be a, a fun one as well. Over to MEAC, uh, in terms of some matchups, uh, keep your eyes on Howard at Norfolk State. Ooh. Morgan at top Morgan State at Coppin State. Mm, I like that at, one. At, at, yeah, <laughs> Baltimore Robbery. I like that one. Delaware State at Maryland Eastern Shore. South Carolina State at North Carolina Central. Uh, as we get on there, um, Monday, uh, the only game you have this Monday is a Morehouse at Howard. Uh, will, will be interesting in terms of Fox One Sports. Uh, will be in there. Obviously, luminary private institutions, HBCUs. Getting it done for MLK weekend, and I'm sure. So that'll be an interesting matchup to keep your eyes on. Uh, Fox Sport One will carry that uh, for Howard University in terms of that matchup. Any of uh, the big matchups this weekend for the MEAC, uh, have your thoughts. Howard Morehouse is intriguing. I looked at the Morehouse team, uh, called a game with Benedict the other night. So uh, they got some guys that can put the ball into the hole, but it uh, should be a fun one. And you talk about his uh, historic matchup when you talk about uh, – two of these preeminent HBCUs, Howard and Morehouse, uh, getting together on MLK Day. Yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good. I'm going to keep my one eye, good eye over there on Morgan State, Cotton State. Uh, battle of Baltimore, battle. I like Morgan that. State's playing well. I want to see the battle of Baltimore. Obviously, Howard and Norfolk State will be interesting. Can Norfolk State kind of slam and put the foot on the neck of Howard or Howard be able to step up and say, no, we want to get in the mix here. That's a fascinating one. That'll do it for the major division uh, for this week. We'll, we'll get into some mid-major division on Thursday, so check with us. I want to say thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed all the dialogue. We'll get to see who can stay on the top of the poll rankings. Norfolk State getting it done, men's and women's for the major division. Can they stay on top? Uh, can some of these other teams find a way to sneak their hands up there and move up in those top five? It's tough. You got to get in the top five. Not a lot of room to check it out. With that being said, again, we want to thank you for listening 
Dr. Lills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll be back on Thursday to talk more about the mid-majors. We look forward to discussing more of that mid-major news this week. We'll bring in special guest A.D. Drew to make sure we get some good dialogue on these D2 programs NIA. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Kavil, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Uh, inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Like, subscribe. Shout out to Neely with the pregame show. He just all over growing numbers. I want to give him a shout out. All the folks messing. He needed alone, man. He just trying to live his life. Green Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Roy? Lecture. Dismissed.